welcome to Poolside Chats. Today we are diving into mental health. I'm Liana. I'm Alex. I'm Jazz. And today we're focusing on the things that bring us joy and the importance of focusing on what we can control in our own lives. But before we do that, let's check in with everyone. Alex, what was your peak of the week and what's something that's been bringing you joy during this time? Ooh, thank you for that. Oh, a peak of my week has been when my risk management skills transfer over to my personal life. So that um, was my takeaway. We've had our house is actually for sale right now. And we have um, some work that has to be done through, you know, termite inspections and contracting work. And I've been the one to kind of do a lot of the research, reach out to different contractors. And I actually caught a contractor trying to do something really shady and would have set us up for a huge, huge liability had we gone the work through them. And it really bummed me out because I was giving this person the benefit of the doubt. You know, I wanted to support a local business. Uh, you know, this this contractor has a family. So I thought, you know, yeah, I would really love for them to do the job. And But we were very insistent on this has to be done correctly through a licensed contractor with a contract and everything. And um, they just tried to skate away with a few details and they gave me a completely different license number and person's name, but I dug in with my researching skills and found everything out and politely declined that they work on our property. So that was really exciting because, you know, I can't turn off my risk management mind right now because it's all, it's ever encompassing 24 seven. So that was actually good because (laughs) my brain power was working to full effect. So that was my peak. And what has brought me joy during this time? Um, definitely connecting with my daughters in different ways. So I was inspired by you, Leana, and your dance parties that you have in your household. So we have daily (laughs) dance parties. Uh, Most of the time they are to Disney music, but every once in a while we just tell Alexa to play today's hits and whatever comes up, we just dance. My two-year-old says, I want to freak out. So that's like her cue where she like really needs to, you know, dance and and let it all out. And so that is our transition activity. Usually after the workday's done, you know, we kind of put on some music, we dance, we just do silly things. And even when I'm doing yoga, um, which is my personal way of finding joy, I'm not, I'm totally a noob when it comes to yoga, but I found that that is really good to check in with myself in a mental health aspect and also focus on trying to be healthy at this time. And my kids are loving it. I mean, they, they've only got a few poses down, but they really enjoy, you know, even when I'm stretching, you know, I take those stretch breaks and my two-year-old would be like, are you doing yoga? Like, yes, totally. Let's do some yoga. Like, that's exactly what it is. So um, (laughs) just little moments of connecting has really been awesome. And whether it's just, you know, a five minute break where we're on the couch and they're both kind of snuggled on each side. I'm like, man, this is this is what I need. And this is what I don't want to forget. So those little moments definitely bring me joy at this time. And I wouldn't have those little moments otherwise. So I think I'm really taking advantage of that. Mm -hmm. And I can get kisses anytime I want from my kids, so I can't complain about that either. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. Thank you. All right, Jasmine, share some of your joy and the peak of your week. So the peak of my week, you guys might know this, but I'm not a very enthusiastic cook. However, throughout this time, I've been cooking the majority of my meals and really just thriving and 
making the some of the best things I've ever eaten. So I made this really good recipe. It's a cauliflower steak, and it just so happens that I crave more vegetables now. It's not I don't I'm not a vegetarian per se, but I just don't eat a lot of meat. At, the, at any rate, I made this steak cauliflower, and it was just so good, and it was organically grown, and I had herbs from my garden that I used in it, and it just like everything, it looked picture perfect. It was totally a Pinterest Pinterest success, and so. That was really rewarding for me to make something so delicious. And uh, something that brings me joy is dancing. I just love to dance. I, before all this, I, I did several dance classes. I've um, been dancing for several years now with uh, different dance groups and mostly like salsa, ballroom dancing. And with the, all this going on, I haven't obviously had the chance to do a lot of partner dancing, which is one of my favorite things to do. But my one of my dance instructors, she started a Zumba class, which surprisingly enough, I've never done Zumba, like officially. I've just kind of always done oh, wow. Shiloh's freak out <laughs> randomly, or <laughs> I would uh, actually do like structured salsa dancing or, you know, whatever, whatever, bachata or merengue or whatever. And so um, she started these weekly Zumba classes. And I, and like I still can connect with some of the dancers from my classes, and it's just so much fun. It's just so much fun to join it for an hour, you know, on Fridays. And actually, it just it was during my lunch hour, and so it's just so much fun. I love to move and groove and dance, and so that definitely brings me joy for sure. And it really resets it. your mental state, right? Whenever you're yeah. able to listen to music that you enjoy, and just the endorphins that go through your body after that. I mean, right. It's and so it's so awesome. much fun to be able to see everybody dancing. It's not the same, obviously, but it is fun to see people who you recognize and who you've connected with in the past. And throughout this, I, I really, I did have a pretty wide social network in, before COVID. So being able to reach out to the people I need to um, for various, whatever issues I might be dealing with, for, for whatever connection I might need, I have that opportunity now. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing. So I love that. Connecting with the, my dancing friends have just been super fun. And so I love it. I love to dance. Um, what about you, Liana? Tell me about your peak of the week and what brings you joy. Oh, so I had a really interesting peak of the week this week. I um, actually did some virtual volunteering and I have connected with a um, group in Africa called the Woolmen um, Community Alliance. And so they actually work on the needs of women in about 11 different countries throughout the southern region of the continent of Africa. And I was working with them on a communication strategy. So wow. it's been really, really fun getting to learn about their stories and hearing how they make these great impacts. And like in some small way, I get to be a part of that. So it's it's just super cool. And I now have some great new friends, I feel like, and, and new colleagues. And um, it's, it's been a really, really great use of time and just reminds me of how connected we all are as a people, as humans. And it's, it's been really, really awesome this week. That's remarkable. So, I love um, that, that connecting so with somebody cool. across the globe. I mean, that's totally you because you're a globe trotter anyways, but now that you can do that globe virtually <laughs> is just, that's amazing. And such a fulfilling purpose too. It is. That's. Um, I think that's probably why it's been so so much of a joy. Not just not just connecting with someone, but 
um, it really does. It really gives you purpose and, and to feel like you're connected to this, this group that's doing amazing work. Um, I, I, it's just, it was incredible. So that's, that's been my peak of the week. It might have also been like half my joy for, for several weeks now, but, um, no, I, a lot of things that bring me joy too. Like, uh, in, in my day-to-day life here, um, being stuck <laughs> at home is obviously not the best thing, especially like you said, Jazz. I like to travel. I'm a globetrotter. I missed actually an entire vacation during this this time period, and that was very sad for me. Um, but one of the things that's brought me joy is sort of planning future vacations and uh, really connecting with some people that I have sort of lost touch with. So connecting with friends that actually are in different parts of the world and being able to connect with them weekly instead of, uh, I don't know, maybe yearly, um, which I had been doing before. So I, I find mm. that this time of connection has been really, really awesome for me. So yeah, it's, it's a really cool thing to see. And I love that. And I just love today's topic on mental health. It's been something that I've had the opportunity to work on in various different programs and projects throughout um, my training manager career. So I started with the suicide prevention month, which is usually, I think, September, October, and had the opportunity to collaborate with a group out of San Diego when AB 2246 was um, passed and we had to respond and put in suicide prevention programs at school districts. So then we held um, a technical training on that and from that came a mental health, um, it was like a suicide prevention community event in one of our districts and I was able to be connected with a bunch of different resources and programs throughout the county and throughout the state that can provide students and employees with mental health resources to identify any kind of um, triggers or red flags for potential people who are experiencing thoughts of suicide. I was able to work with a group called NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Health, and we had them present for us at one of our community events. That's part of the reason why I love working with our districts because I get to connect with the community and provide resources to those who are in need. It's super rewarding. And um, I know that a lot of our partners, especially on the SEBA side, they are um, now providing more mental health resources, right, Liana? Like Blue Shield and Kaiser, you want to speak a little bit on that? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, because this has been such a trying time for all of us um, around the world, Blue Shield and Kaiser have been offering a lot more mental health tools. They're offering uh, online sort of self-paced, self-guided mental health awareness tools, um, as well as you know physical fit, fitness tools as well. Uh, but they're also offering some, uh, Blue Shield specifically is offering some additional uh, resources for teachers and for those who are in schools and, and education they're offering some additional mental health resources for your students that may be struggling as well. So make sure you check out our Blue Shield and Kaiser for some of their mental health tools too. Mm -hmm. I really like that a lot of these resources are, you know, for the community, not only for employees and staff, but also for students and some of their families. Uh, Jasmine, I know that that event that you have going on with one of our districts every year has been a really great community success. And I saw a video a few weeks ago, and actually it was right before one of our staff meetings and was really sad to see, but 
it, a lot of the conception is it's like summer for these kids that are not in school right now or distance learning and it, that couldn't be further from the truth and I think a lot of this time is really checking in with yourself, members of your family if you can and being really observant of people in your household because it takes a toll on everyone in such a different way and to have these resources that we can connect to has been invaluable. You're so right, Alex. I love how you put that. And mental health and things that bring us joy is what we're talking about today because it is in the forefront of everybody's mind. So let's explore that a little more. We are referring to cognitive, behavioral, and emotional well-being. It's all about how people think, feel, and behave. Medical News Today defines mental health as a state of well-being in which an individual realizes his or her own abilities, they can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively, and is able to make a contribution to his or her own community. Not addressing mental health could lead to serious issues and tragedies such as depression, addiction, and the most serious, suicide. So part of addressing mental health is finding things that bring us joy and balance. And at the JPA, I'd like to think we provide programs that can help bring a balance between life activities, responsibilities, and efforts in achieving psychological resilience. And how do we do this, you might ask? Well, we do this by collaborating with the JPA team, our member districts, we collaborate with partners and the community. Like So for example, I was first involved with a mental health program back in 2016 when Assembly Bill 2246 was passed. This required schools to implement suicide prevention education for sites that served grades seven through 12. What I thought would be just a few trainings and I'd had to organize and collaborate with, with presenters, ended up introducing me to an amazing community and county programs. And it would ultimately lead me to help host several community events, which provided mental health resources and other things to our parents, our students, and our employees of our member districts. I was involved with groups such as Each Mind Matters, Community Alliance for Healthy Mind, and NAMI, National Alliance for Mental Illness. I bring this up because in case you're looking for more resources, I want you to know who these groups are. So check out our show notes. All links to these groups will be provided. And what we wanted to do today was introduce the audience to some of more our amazing JPA team members, let them explain some different mental health programs that they've been working on, and also get to know them more and find out what brings them joy. Someone who is a real champion of mental health is our very own Ellen Alcala. She's the Employee Benefits Manager for Ziba. So at this time, I'd like to introduce you all to Ellen. Ellen, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Jasmine. Thanks for asking. Thanks for joining us today. We're so excited to have you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at the JPA so we know who you are? Sure, sure. So I, um, I am the Employee Benefits Manager for Ziba. And I've been with the JPA. This is actually my 13th year, which is crazy because it just wow. seems like yesterday that I joined the JPA. And uh, coming from private sector into public sector was quite an adjustment. And I look back over the last 13 years at all the things I've learned, the great people that I've had the opportunity and still continue to have the opportunity to work with. 
And, you know, primarily my role is to provide employee benefit options to school district employees. And, and that ranges everything from medical insurance, dental insurance, vision, life, but more specifically, some of the ancillary products that we offer, uh, which include a very robust employee assistance program and advocacy program, which really ties in to mental health. And in these times right now, mental health is very important and taking care of ourselves is critically important. And so I think I'm, I'm most proud of those products because they really have been invaluable now more than ever. Uh, while they've always been a value, I can see them being used more and more now. And I'm proud that, you know, we continually are rolling out new products. We recently rolled out a few mental um, health apps for our members that they could take advantage to help them with worry and anxiety and with sleep issues. And I was reading just funny this morning, I was reading an article on People are having crazy, crazy vivid dreams during this time, and it's really impacting their sleep, and it has to do a lot with anxiety, and what they're thinking about during the day translates into their nighttime sleep pattern, and they're really wow. struggling with like kind of almost like nightmares, and so sleep is very important and one of the apps that we rolled out called Sleepio really helps people to better understand their sleep patterns and how to have better sleep how to have more improved and better sleep so so that's what I do at the JPA wow so okay so I know that working from home is sort of a new thing for you and it's been new for all of us so how long has it been that you've been working from home and what has this experience been like for you so I, I used to work from home a lot more until I came to the JPA. So it was more or less a refresher on how to do it and how to be effective. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, it was, it's hard. And for me, I'm super extroverted person and I love people and I need people. And so the first couple of weeks, I was like so excited to be home and feeling safe in my own environment and just loving that I didn't have to get up so early, that I didn't have to commute. That was a big deal. And as the weeks have gone on and on and on, it's been an adjustment for sure. And in trying to set up a routine and getting up at the same time every day, going to bed at the same time every day. And giving myself permission to interrupt my day to do fun things because I'm like, initially it was like, I have to be at my desk for my computer from 7.30 to 4.30 and I must not step away. <laughs> I have to be here because somebody is surely is watching. And so that was, that was probably the hardest thing for me was lack of just giving myself permission to take breaks. And if you think about it, when you're in the office, you get up all throughout the day. You go to the water cooler, you go to the kitchen, you go to the printer, you go visit your friends in the office, you say good morning to people. And and all of that was a really big adjustment for me. And creating a space that was ergonomically safe, um, a space where I, I actually went into the office and got my chair because I really needed my chair. And I got my monitor because I realized after the first several weeks of working on my little laptop, that wasn't healthy for me with my neck. So 
kind of just creating a safe space and bringing some of my office here really helped me. And creating a schedule, taking planned breaks throughout the day. Um, I've sort of taken to working out in the middle of the afternoon. So I skip lunch and take a break around three and, and do a workout. That's been really effective for me because I come back very much ready to continue to work. And I may work till five or six, but I've taken that nice break in the middle of the day just for my own mental health. And so that's been really helpful for me. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think um, having the perspective on how you set up your day for success is so nice to hear because that was something a lot of folks struggled with is, is how did they step away in a healthy manner and focus on things that might be good for their own mental health or just good for our bodies in general. So um, that was really great. to Yes. And Ellen, I really do miss seeing you around the office so much. I miss seeing stories or see, hearing stories about your grandchildren and your kids. Um, most importantly, I do love to hear about your cooking and all the different recipes that you try um, because I do enjoy cooking myself. I don't have the time to really dedicate to it right now. I just don't have the mental space to meal plan and prep and, and menu plan. So I would like you to share some of that with us and what brings you joy in the kitchen because I thrive off of that. <laughs> yeah, I it, there, it's no secret to those that know me that I do really love to cook. And, and I'm not sure where that came from, my love of cooking, because my mother um, was not a good cook. And she really <laughs> didn't do a great job in the kitchen. So I, I don't have a lot of <laughs> memories of her making these great meals or having like favorite things that my mom cooked because she really just wasn't great at it. And she did the best that she could. And I think when I, when I moved away from Canada and moved to California and got married, it was kind of like the beginning of, wow, let me try this new recipe and let me make this. And, and as time went on and as, you know, the Food Network appeared on scene, I became addicted to Food Network and learned really how to make fabulous things while watching other people do it. And I, you know, I really love to cook a variety of things and I love to convert unhealthy recipes to healthy recipes. And it's doable. You can totally make carnitas healthy. You just have to bake it, not fry it. And you can totally make tortillas healthy. You just don't use lard when you're cooking them. So there's a lot of ways to convert things that you love and not have to give up those flavors, but make them in a more healthful way. And that's something that I really love to do. And I do spend a lot of time. I sort of have always had a routine that Friday night is my I don't cook night. And I come home and I'll peruse through recipes. I'll go online and look at recipes. I'll plan my menu for the week. And I've done that pretty much my whole adult life. Even when I had small children, we would post our menu on the board for the week. And they would get to pick wow. one thing a week that they would want me to make. And that it just created a routine for them as well. They didn't have to guess what we were having for dinner because it, it was on the refrigerator. And I just have always done that. Um, part of that was to be budget conscious um, because I was a single mom. So I had to really be frugal and plan meals accordingly. And it just became habit and lifestyle for me. So I do every Friday. So tonight I'll be doing that. 
and I will be uh, planning my meals for the next week and trying to, I always try to make new things, um, at least one or two new things a week. And last night I did try a new recipe for a, uh, a healthy walnut broccoli pesto gluten-free pasta. And it was absolutely delicious and not hard at all to make. And so being home now more, more than usual, I'm really enjoying being in the kitchen at the end of the day. Even sometimes at lunch, I'll start dinner. I'll go in the kitchen and I'll start making something and prep, start prepping for dinner. And I love the flexibility to be able to do that. And I, a lot of people have talked about during this time, you know, ordering out and supporting local restaurants. And while I believe in that concept, I love to cook and we've not eaten out very much at all during this time because I enjoy it. And it, it really does bring me a lot of happiness to be in the kitchen. I really love it. And I love to see people's reactions when they eat my food because it's fun and a lot of people um, don't cook or don't know how to cook. And so it's fun to be able to kind of teach and, and, you know, move that along. Um, and that brings me to my next topic. So one of the things that you asked is, um, why does it bring me joy to be in the kitchen? And a lot of that for me is helping, helping other people, which I'm I just am passionate about that. And so someone challenged me at the beginning of this um, this lockdown, isolation, whatever we want to call it, um, why don't you start a YouTube channel? And I'm like, I don't know how to do that, but maybe I will. And so after a few weeks, I thought, you know what? I am going to start a YouTube channel. And so I did. I created a YouTube channel, and it's what? all about- That's amazing. <laughs> It's all about healthy cooking. It's all about healthy cooking. And so oh you gosh. can go on my YouTube site, um, Ellen Alcala, and you can find uh, recipes and healthy uh, tips and substitutions and how to make things healthier. And that has been super fun for me to do. I'm totally stepped outside my comfort zone because when you put yourself out there, you put yourself out there for mm -hmm. criticism as well as positive comments and it's yes. just been it's been really fun for me so once a week um, i upload a new video and i started with two subscribers and i think i have almost 300 now so it's what? Yeah, people are <laughs> oh my god that's amazing <laughs> congratulations you've inspired me i mean you know me ellen i'm not a cook I, my recipes were smoothies and salads and they were pre-prepared sometimes they had chicken in it but if, if that was too much work, it wouldn't, but I would not put that in there. But now I've like, I've been telling the girls I've been cooking more and I've, I'm trying to find that joy and getting closer and closer because it is rewarding to make yourself something and then eat it. What doesn't, what I don't like about it is all the dishes afterwards that I have to clean up. So if, if you can do a if you can do an episode on like, minimalist cooking with the most minimal amount of equipment required that would be fabulous one pot that you can that you can eat out of <laughs> so you don't have to clean a plate <laughs> or like the bread bowl that just you know part of that whole cooking thing though for me it's not just about it's not just about preparing the meal it's also about serving it and plating it and making it look pretty because when you go to a restaurant, they're going to put a really pretty plate in front of you. And that's how you first 
that's what you taste first with your eyes. And so if you're served a bowl of slop, it doesn't look very great. You're not going to want to eat it. But if you're served a really pretty looking plate that's been wiped down and that's clean and inviting, you're going to want to eat that. And, and Jasmine, I'll challenge you to watch one of my very easy, simple cooking recipes, and I'll challenge you to make it because they're all right. done in oh, under, wow. under 10 minutes. So you can do this. Oh, wow. I can't wait to check that out. Yeah. It's fun. It's, uh, I really look forward to doing it, and it's a lot, a lot of fun. So I, I think we might have been one of your first like five followers, Ellen, and my husband and I have so enjoyed your videos. Oh. Ellen is the cutest in the kitchen. I know. I'm missing out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I need to go find this right you now. Are. It's, it's amazing. She has so much fun. Like you, you can just see the joy like radiating through. Like The, the meals are beautiful, but... Just the way Ellen explains, you can tell how much she enjoys teaching, and it's it's wonderful to watch, Ellen. Well, congratulations to you, Ellen. That's amazing that you got out of your comfort zone and that you've thrived in that. YouTube is a tough place. And remember what Brene Brown says, if they're not in the arena with you, we are not listening to their criticism. <laughs> that's that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think it's it's fun to to step outside your comfort zone and to try something new and you know, cooking for me is something that I do very naturally. It isn't natural for a lot of people. And so my goal in creating these videos is to really help people understand that it's not hard. And you can make really yeah. simple dishes healthfully and easily. And most of my recipes are under 10 minutes. Now, I'll say I prep everything. So it's prepped and ready to go. But they're yeah. very fast. Some of them are three, four minutes. And so it's very right. simple. And it's it really has brought me a lot of joy. And I have a lot of people reaching out saying, when's the next video coming up? And, and people are oh, reaching fun. out and saying, oh, I made your recipe for this. Or, oh, my gosh, I made your recipe for this. And it's, it's fun to see people who normally wouldn't try new things trying new things, um, including my including my own children who are making the recipes and going, oh, this was so good. Thanks for doing that. And it's just been a delight, a delight. And I will continue to do it uh, once a week and uh, teach new things every week. That is fantastic. Congratulations. I love that. I, I, I will say that in my cooking journey, this COVID, this COVID times, my last meal that I made I served to my grandma and she says, oh, this is good. You can get married now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was like, because that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> well, Jasmine, I will, guarantee, I will tell you that if you make my food, you'll find yourself a husband. <laughs> okay. That sounded like a promise, Jasmine. Those are some high stakes. That's yeah. some high stakes. For, and um, and for Alex, I know now. that you love to cook. Just You just yes. have little ones. Yes. And you know what? What has been my saving grace is actually utilizing some meal prep services, but we are supporting a local business that Ellen actually has turned me on to a few years ago. Um, the prep table in Redlands has been oh, yeah. supplying almost all of our grocery needs um, for the week. So that has been a really great experience. But uh, cooking shows are also my guilty pleasure. Uh, if I can choose anything to watch, I'll be watching food documentaries or cooking shows. That's how I learned to cook myself. And what I think is really funny about all of the uh, quarantine and pandemic is a lot of the Food Network shows, they've been recording themselves from home. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. Ellen, is Tom your cameraman whenever you're doing your videos? 
Yes, and we we have discovered <laughs> we have discovered that while Tom does a beautiful job, his fingers really like to get in the screen, and so um, we just uh, <laughs> we just purchased a tripod so that we could eliminate the fingers. Oh my gosh, you are so official now. You are such an oh, official too YouTuber. legit to quit now. <laughs> yeah, the other the other really fun thing that I've been doing right, right um, that aligns with my cooking passion is uh, one of my friends invited me to a Facebook group and it's all about it's called passion for cooking and so all the people in it are really awesome cooks and we post things every day just like what's for dinner and you get a lot of great ideas and they started doing a chopped challenge every week and so we've done this is the fifth week that we've done a chopped challenge and you get like several ingredients and then you have to make something with those ingredients and it's been so fun to think about what you're going to make with random ingredients. And sometimes they don't even make any sense. And you go, what am I going to do? And last week's was so fun because it was, um, you had to use the five senses. And so it was sweet, savory, salty, spicy, and bitter. And I'm thinking, what on earth? And so I ended up making a, a bacon, bourbon, maple, sour cream donut from scratch with a uh, maple syrup bourbon glaze uh, with like a buttercream glaze dipped with dipped in candied bacon and I candied the bacon in espresso coffee and maple syrup and brown sugar and it was to die for and it incorporated all those flavors and they have a winner every week and your picture gets to be the title page for the Facebook page. And I won this week with my donuts. So Obviously. that was Obviously. super fun. Wow. It was so fun. Wow. So fun to do. But I think so, that's um, another way you get to be creative. So are we, we're all, you're going to deliver some donuts to everyone? That's what I heard. <laughs> I mean, donuts have been on my mind. You give me sure. your addresses and I'll deliver donuts. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, so <laughs> much fun. Ellen, thank you so much for joining us today. We really, really appreciate you and all your joy. You brought me joy and taught me a bunch of things. I just subscribed to your YouTube channel. Oh, yay. So I, can't wait to, <laughs> yes. I can't wait to watch those episodes. I'm so happy thank to. You so much. I'm so happy to be here and just really happy to, to bring a little moment of laughter um, and joy to you all today, too. And it's Absolutely. been great. It's been great visiting yes, with, with you today. Yes, thank you. So we just heard from Ellen. She's amazing. Next up, we have the very best pleasure of introducing one of my favorite people at the JPA, Julie Lagan. She started with the JPA maybe a little over a year ago. Two years. She's been here for almost two years. Time flies. Well, it's been a tremendous two years working with you, Julie. I love, it. I love working with you. And I'd love to hear a little bit about yourself and your role at the JPA. Jazz, I have been here. I had to check the calendar. Yeah, March of May of 18, I started. So are we in May of 2020? Wow. Oh my goodness, it has been two wow. years. Time does fly when you're having fun. So I enjoy working with you, Jazz, as well as the team at the JPA immensely. And my role at the JPA, as you know, I am a senior risk manager. So my job is to work with our members, our member districts, to protect their liability, advise them on programs to reduce claims, and assure they are 
succeeding in terms of providing services through schooling through the to the community. And my goal, I view, is to say yes as often as I can when they call with requests for programs, as long as we can provide guidelines to manage the liability and reduce the risk so that they can succeed in providing those services to the kids and the community and their staff. So that is my role at the JPA. And you do a phenomenal job. At, as, and as I appreciate JPA, that, job. For sure. <laughs> yes, I always say that Julie has the absolute best elevator speech to describe what the risk managers do at the JPA. I think that's a little bit from her sales background because she is able to knock it out of the park in just a few sentences because our jobs as the risk managers are a little complex because no day is the same. So I really like when Julie explains what we do because I, I try to memorize it myself and repeat it later on. So um, I've actually lost track of the days. I don't know how long this has been, but Julie, how long have you been working from home? And can you share a little bit about what that has been like for you? You bet, and thank you for your kind words, Alex. It is a pleasure uh, working with you as well. And uh, I appreciate your compliment on my elevator speech. I learn something from you and the team every day. Sometimes I will add that into the elevator the elevator speech, but I do have a background in sales. So I do put that to work because when you start to talk risk and safety with people, they go right to sleep. No one really wants to hear what I have to say, so we have to jazz it up and get their attention so that we can influence them to take the proper steps to protect uh, themselves and the, their, their uh, members or their uh, community that they service, their stakeholders or shareholders. So you asked, how long have I been working at home? So I would have to go to my trusty calendar because I think I did mark it. So is it approximately 66 days? Thank you, Jazz. It, it's been uh, the days, I would like to say the time has flown and in some respects it has. Uh, I, unlike maybe some of the staff I have previously worked at home before, I've held different positions, primarily in my background in sales and customer service where I have worked at home. So I am fortunate enough to have a home office set up. Now, if we panned around the room, it would look similar to my office at the JPA, <laughs> which might mean super organized <laughs> and Marie Kondo definitely stopped by. Yes, it was really, I've got things highly organized in piles and prioritized. As long but as you know what those piles I, and priorities are, I, I think that's all that matters. Thank you, Jazz. I know exactly where everything is, and God forbid I clean my office, then I won't be able to find anything that I need at a moment's notice. So you so st the I still don't think it's been pretty good for you. The transition yes. has been pretty easy. The transition uh, has been easier, I think, for me than most that haven't worked at home. One, I have an office which means I have a desk and a platform, you know, it's so well, I don't have to sit at the kitchen table or someplace, you know, uh, where it might be just physically harder ergonomically or, you know, to, to be comfortable. So that was a blessing. The challenge with working at home through the COVID-19 is you never get to leave your home unless you're going to go venture out to the grocery store or the Home Depot. And those are two places I definitely get very excited about going <laughs> because it provides 
a break in my, you know, the hours spent in front of the computer. So the transition I would have to say was uh, easier for me than most and I am comfortable with it now. Uh, not having a color printer can be a challenge, but printing in black and white is, I, I, I've survived quite well printing in black and white. So I feel good about working at home. So what have you used, what tools have you used in finding joy through this challenging time? After the, uh, I think after the panic wore off about COVID-19 and I stopped watching CNN every hour to see what the uh, death toll was, I realized that I'm hoping and praying life is going to go on and it will, and we will be stronger for this. And that was when I had the revelation, oh my God, I can go to the Home Depot or the Lowe's and start on my garden for 2020. Because I said, this pandemic is not going to interfere with my love of gardening. And I've had to be creative uh, because I have a tendency, <clears throat> this may shock some of you, I have a tendency to get excited and maybe go overboard. So I have, I generally buy too many plants and don't have enough room so my garden just keeps growing and growing and then I have to find more space <laughs> so that presents me with so my gardening is I do my gardening in a raised what's called a raised bed because redland soil some of you may or may not know I live in the city of redlands the soil is is red like clay and it is not the best for having uh, vegetables flourish. It, it can be done for some other vegetables, but generally a nice potting soil or a fertilizer, something that's a little bit lighter has the capability, it drains better, it's healthier for the plant. So I, that's what I plant in raised beds. And that has been a challenge because I had to make a raised bed I pride myself on being handy. It may take the average person 30 minutes to make a raised bed. I proudly get it done in four hours and you know I'm <laughs> going to brag about it because they're not that easy to make, but you have to measure and drill. And my spouse helped me. We created a fabulous 10 foot by four foot raised bed. My shoulder hurt for about a day and a half, but it was well worth it. And I would not have done it differently because that was, that was like, I was proud. Yes, what you'll definitely have first... to share pictures of those. Oh yeah, for sure. I what was waiting first... for someone to ask. <laughs> <For pictures>? <laughs> <laughs> One of our first uh, outings together, Julie, you and I to do a training was out in Morongo. So we had plenty of time to talk and Hearing your passion on, I think it was just about to start the gardening season, uh, of how the gardening works and was it um, being very upset with bees because they have been really lazy. So you have to help the zucchinis procreate, which is a fascinating story. And then also how passionate, madly passionate you get about the snails in the garden and <laughs> different ways we can hopefully remove or eradicate infestation of snails and just it was so much fun to listen to you and I was like this 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 lady I don't know who we hired but <laughs> I think we're going to become friends because she's just extraordinary yeah wait so I haven't heard those stories Julie can you share a little bit about some of those stories 
So I do like to plant uh, zucchini, tomatoes. I don't have peppers this year, but zucchinis, tomatoes, and squash, yellow squash and green squash. And one of the areas I plant is a raised bed, uh, and that generally protects from snails. One of the other areas I would plant was on my retaining wall. And usually in the mornings, you have to, if you are in a, want a garden, you've got to get up early. That's when all the excitement occurs. That's <laughs> when you have to do garden inspection, because if you don't do garden inspection, the aphids and bugs will take over and just, just really, I hear the snails chomping on my zucchini at night if I'm not, uh, if I'm not out doing inspection. So I have the march of the snails across the yard up the retaining wall into the zucchini and they, they'll devastate. They'll devastate because it's green and they will just chomp on any, any vegetation. So you have to put down, I tried, I really try hard to do organic. I'll buy a pet safe that just kills the snails if they eat it. And I'm, I'm sorry to say they, they die shortly after, but I don't like, if, if it's war, if you are going to attack my garden, <laughs> we are not going to be friends. It's not oh, going to be pretty. And I do, I generally, as you know, I do a lot of yoga. I have a love for nature and all of God's creatures, unless you step into my garden and my raised bed to devastate some of my, <laughs> some of my vegetation. Set the boundaries. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so uh, those are one of the, there's a couple things that with weather, snails are very common. Aphids are very common. We're going to, we're about to have a heat wave. The aphids will arrive and try to devastate their, like a small gnat. And if you don't rinse them off with water or rinse them off with a soapy water solution, they will kill, they will kill the cucumber leaves. They'll kill the zucchini. I've had it, ask me how I know, I've had it happen. That's how we learn from experience. Now, Liana, you asked, Liana, you asked about fertilizing the zucchini. So, <laughs> and, and how do we know we learn? How do I know I had zucchini, green zucchini fruit? So they have the zucchini plant will throw off a flower with just a stem and that's a male. And then it will also throw off a stem that has uh, above the stem is going to be a small zucchini. You'll see it. That's the female. Both will have a flower. The female flower opens and it, it has a bulb and it's probably about the size of a dime. The male flower will just have a, like a piston of uh, the flower will open and it's just a stem with pollen on it. So if you don't have a lot of flowers, I don't have a ton of flowers that attracts lots of bees, you have to fertilize the zucchini. And what that means is you have to transfer the pollen, the yellow pollen from the male flower to the female flower. With the <laughs> and now I, so I have comments in the background at my house from the peanut gallery <laughs> laughing as I'm describing this. But how do I know if you don't, if the female does not get pollinated, the fruit dies. So how do I know several years I'm in the garden screaming and yelling because the female fruit were dying. I'm working all this, you know, I put in, so I Googled and that's how you research. And I found I had to hand pollinate with a Q-tip. I also wow. this year added uh, lavender to attract mm. the bees. Mm. I love lavender. Then I added too much water to the lavender. <laughs> They didn't do so well, and here I am with the Q-tip yet again. You learn, you live and you learn. The work of the bee. Okay, I have to ask. So, have you considered having any beehives? So, I just quick story for you guys. My mom has an orange grove, 
And she decided this year, right before, right as quarantine was starting, she was going to have a beehive. So now she's got this beautiful beehive in her grove and she's going to have honey next oh, year, wow. which is just super cool. cool. So have you considered having a beehive, Julie? So Leona, that is a great suggestion and a great idea. One of my good friends at the JPA, Maria Gates, who is another senior risk manager, she gave me a fabulous gift. It was a portable little bee home. But once I read the instructions about the bee home and I had to use Q-tips and I had to, it was, I was exhausted and now it's decorative in my house and I'm out with the Q-tip fertilizing. But I would definitely, you know what, next, as we continue to evolve and improve, next year I'll be adding more flowers that will attract bees. So eventually I could maybe get a rest and, and, and have, see, wa- be able to watch the bees do their work instead of doing it for them. <laughs> so that is a great idea. No more lazy bees. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I know they're busy. They're, they're busy bees. They're just not busy in my yard. Thank you for sharing that, Julie. It's just so important to hear the real stories of our JPA team members and hearing how you interact with your garden, what brings you joy. It really does make me happy to hear about it. And just, I could just imagine being back in my car, driving to Morongo and just hearing about how upset you were with the snails. And I'm just thinking, this this lady's awesome. (laughs) I want to get to know her more. Throughout the years, we have gotten to know each other and I'm very grateful, very fortunate to have you on the JP. (laughs) You bring me joy, Julie. Uh, you guys are an absolute pleasure every day to work with, and I appreciate you. Uh, someone actually wants wanted to hear about my gardening because it is a joy to share. And you've only I been waiting only, two years to put it on a podcast of some. I have time. been waiting yeah. for a long time, <laughs> and I always encourage anyone that wants to start a garden. It is much easier than you think. Aside from the half yard of soil, I had to to transfer myself this year because of the COVID-19 out of the truck with a shovel and a gorilla cart I built. Other than that, it was a great, it was a great workout. Generally, it's not quite that demanding, but it is, it is, you have to be dedicated to have a garden, but I encourage everyone for that because you definitely have a passion and it takes a lot of work. So don't fool the listeners. It's a lot of work. You just have to enjoy it and it has to bring you joy. I have pictures of the soil in the truck of me taking it out. Your garden tan looks great, so you're definitely getting some vitamin D, which we also talked about the other day. So, And I'm also really missing being in the office and enjoying some of the fruits of your gardening labor, some of the food you would bring in and the salads, so we're definitely missing that right now. But just to hear in a virtual way about how your garden is taken off this year has been really fun. And I'm not brave enough to take it on yet, but you've definitely inspired me to try it at some point. <laughs> well, I have four, four different veggies in my garden right now. Oh my oh, goodness, do tell. Green onions or some kind of the long string onions. I don't know what they're called. Um, like a scallion? Oregano? Scallion, yeah. And then celery. So oh, yeah. It's been exciting to see those grow. I think about you. Like, Julie would be proud. Well, not really. Not my, basil, not my basil plant. Not my basil plant. It looks kind of sad. But we're not well. going to talk about that. 
I'm <laughs> sure it looks amazing. There's a lot of things. Basil tastes good to us. It also tastes good to bugs that eat it. <laughs> and also apparently dogs. Uh, so my, my husband and I are not gardeners, but we decided we're like, we have this little tiny basil plant. We're just going to, we're going to go plant it outside and we have this, this beautiful little pot. And so we planted it and it was doing so well. It had these beautiful little green leaves. It was so happy. And then one evening when we let the dog out, he went over and chomped it. <laughs> and he oh, ate no. the basil. <laughs> He's a big dog. He's 120 pounds. Like, it took one bite. <laughs> that was, yeah. <laughs> Two bites max. <laughs> I, it, do, it does happen, Liana. I remember one year I was out and I was doing my garden inspection early in the morning. I'm looking at the peppers. Screaming something had eaten my peppers. What was it? Redlands has rats. We have possum, raccoons. I'm screaming and I look down and my tiny dog is just chomping on the pepper and her leaves. Thanks, Mom. And exactly. I solved that mystery pretty quick. It was delicious, though. <laughs> yes, it does happen. So you, you sometimes that you have to fence around them because the animals will enjoy them as well. Yeah, and unfortunately for me, my dog, uh, our six-foot-tall block fence is not enough for him because he is taller than me, and I am almost six feet tall for all of you who cannot see me. Uh, he can put his paws on my shoulders and look me in the eyes. So, you know, there's not really a fence tall enough. If I can get in, he can too. Layana, <laughs> there's no fence that's going to keep him out. No, no, nope. <laughs> nope, not if he wants it. <laughs> Well, thanks, Julie. Thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate your time, taking taking a moment to share a little bit about yourself to the JPA and our listeners. We really appreciate you. My absolute pleasure, and I feel the same way. So thank you for your time. It was an absolute pleasure, ladies. So we just hosted two of the most amazing JPA team members. I mean, everybody on the JPA team is amazing, but... We were so excited and grateful to have them both join us and hear a little bit about what brings them joy and a little bit more personal level. Like I said, like we said from the beginning, this podcast is about understanding not just risk management and employee benefits and insurance trends, but also getting to know your fantastic JPA team. And so listeners got to hear a little bit more about two additional JPA team members, and we expect to have more on the show later on for later other episodes. Um, what's been really rewarding as a JPA, the JPA training manager is to be able to provide resources and programs and then trainings on different um, topics to help support mental health and to help people and employees and administrators um, work with the compassion fatigue that many of us have experienced in our day-to-day lives and working with them, um, trying to support education and, and just really our school districts. So in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, we created a self-care series and we just completed our 10th episode. We have four more to go to round, up, round us out for the rest of the fiscal year. And our last episode was on emotional intelligence. It was amazing. It's really good to hear about how to really get to know yourself on an emotional level and identify your, your triggers and what makes, what makes you productive or what brings you joy. And so that was another reason why we brought this this episode mental on mental health and joy. Did, were you guys able to listen to that episode? Yes, and it, it was um, it was fantastic. You know, Cindy is always such a great speaker, and emotional intelligence is so important um, in how you interact with other people and your relationships and how you interact with the world. And I think um, being really understanding 
of or really understanding your own emotional intelligence and your, your own emotional like quotient is extremely important. And, um, I think it, it was just really, really helpful. And I, I worked with, you know, a few of my own new ideas and how to interact with, with my own husband and how to interact with, you know, colleagues and, and the way people perceive and think differently. And yeah, it was wonderful. I, I hope everyone gets a chance to listen to it. Right. Really getting to know yourself so that you can know what brings you joy and know how to, you know, cope and deal with all these kind of crazy things that are happening in the world. Yes, unfortunately, I had a different meeting going on at the same time as the emotional intelligence, but I have caught some of the previous self-care series webinars. Jasmine and I also teamed up to do an ergonomics at home webinar, and that was really fun to be a part of. Um, but the great thing about our trainings is our lovely Jasmine has had them all recorded and placed on our website. So anyone that did miss them when they were occurring live, you can access them on our website and listen at your own pleasure. And that actually brings up we have a bunch of mental health resources available to you on our website uh, we have some of them curated on the coronavirus page that we have created for you um, so there are a lot of resources mental health resources at the bottom of that page but we also have an entire section of the website dedicated just to the mental health uh, you can check it out on our blog and in our news feed so make sure you guys do check out our website. We, we enjoy all of you being here, and thank you for listening today. Check out our website. It is www.csjpa.org. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook at CA Schools JPA.